Thank you for joining me on the Dash Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Gamage, and this episode is sponsored by the Gamage Consulting Group. We help middle school principals support student behavior, spend more time delivering feedback for your teachers that they can use, spend less time documenting behavior incidents, and more time empowering your educators to be the best version of themselves. To learn more about this five-step process, you can visit TreyGamers.com shop and schedule a time to talk now. And as for today, as for right now, this moment, I've got Dr. Tillman joining me here today. She's an educator, a mental health professional with over 17 years of experience. You're currently in a vice principal role in North Carolina. And, and uh, Dr. Tillman, you said you wanted to celebrate um, North Carolina in your leadership. Can you talk a little bit about what you're seeing in the trends in North Carolina and how leadership is impacting education? All right, Trey, first of all, I'd like to say thank you for even inviting me to be a part of your broadcast, your podcast. I really appreciate that. Yes, ma'am. Um, yes, yeah. Ma so some, <laughs> thank you. So some of the things that I'm seeing currently in North Carolina in terms of the educational leadership and the process of is that they're having more open conversations. And we're talking about coming from the local standpoint, district, up into the state platforms. We're seeing open lines of um, communication across these um I guess these uh, regions, we're seeing more opportunities of gatherings, networkings, actual um, effective dialogue. And I think it's promising. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's impressive. Well, and this, it's, there seems to be a trend, you know, lately I've been focused on education for the last three to five years or so. And, and I'm seeing some similar things myself. I feel like education is finally starting to hit an innovative period where for a long time, what school looked like was really stagnant. And right. now we're allowing ideas like STEM and career and technology, differentiated learning, you know, alternative classrooms, charter schools, all these things are coming up. So I feel like education is finally at a place where we're able to innovate. And with that, I think we're starting to see the same thing with our school leadership as you're pointing to, you know, now that there's more uh, awareness in schools and more understanding, now ideas that used to be radical are now seen as amazing ideas that you can implement at your school immediately. Exactly. Exactly. And it's funny that you say um, the STEM and the innovativeness of it. I think that North Carolina is starting to truly um, evaluate its practices, instructional practices, and look around to different um, states and even abroad globally and, and internalizing this and actually putting it into practice. Some of the things that we need to do in our state to be able to compete. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really important. That's really right. important. So in your role right now, who are you serving? What grades are you working with? Okay, so um, I'm Dr. Quisha Tillman, and I'm actually an assistant principal at Lloyd Almond Elementary School. We service pre-K through fifth grades. Um, we're definitely one of those schools who are practicing those innovative trends. We're um, linking up with those who have the expertise to come in and help us to cultivate that type of learning atmosphere. Okay. Okay. I love it. I love it. So have you always, and you have, so you have the behavior aspect too. How have you 
married or mirrored um, those two professions, being a behavior specialist working with autism, autism specialty lead educator I see is on uh, the list of things that you do on LinkedIn, as well as being a principal of the school. So how does, um, how do you balance those two and what does that behavior side entail? Okay, so it's funny that you even brought that up, Trey. Um, I actually started out um, at, after undergrad um, trying to determine what direction I wanted to go. I didn't know if it was going to be social work or would it be actually in education. Um, but my oldest son, Desmond, actually has autism and he was diagnosed at the age of two and a half, I would say, early, right before three. And Going through the journey with him really um, motivated me to get into education to see what I needed to do to service and take care of him. So I started out as a special ed teacher. I've serviced um, for maybe about 12 years of my life, my professional life. I have uh, dedicated my life to special ed, exceptional children, from um, anywhere to severe and profound to resource, SLD, um, um, severe and emotional disabled. So I've covered all areas of um, exceptional children. I've even worked in the mental health aspect in terms of private practices, um, mental health agencies where I've served as a case uh, manager, social work case manager in different um, communities in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And with that expertise, um, Joining with the educational field, we're seeing more and more mental health, excuse me, mental health um, difficulties in children. Um, and I think my role is now, it's, it's time now, it's time now to address those mental health concerns, um, understanding that we can't truly educate a child without taking care of this, of their um uh, external needs, internal needs at home. Uh, we have to go through those channels first before we can truly educate a child. And I really think my expertise comes in handy in mm. the role that I'm playing now mm. as a principal. Yeah, that's great. I, I think that's that's really special. You know, that's a, a special focus on your part as a mother and, and just taking advantage of the hands that were dealt to you in life. So, you know, being able to support your son and uh, mm -hmm. being able to go forward and support other people that have autism and, and helping behavior in school and being a leader in school, that says a lot about you. So right. congratulations to you and, and the work that you do. What, what, does, what does your school do, you know, thinking about behavior? What kind of ways do you guys go about managing behavior in your schools? What resources or training strategies, interventions are your teachers using? Well, one thing about Cumberland County, Cumberland County is very, very um, uh, uh, great about support. They're very supportive, supportive um, to all the schools. And so one thing that we do, we definitely, one is uh, follow whatever our child's um, or student's uh, behavior intervention plan designates. We go through that those channels. We definitely par partner up with our parents um, 
and we come up with ways that can help. And some of those ways um, entail um, calming down areas, uh, actually taking time to speak to students and not just on a disciplinary uh, means, but actually just to get to know them and build that rapport. And most of the time when you do build that rapport, it helps to ease any tension. That student may have a favorable um, staff member, adult staff member that they can uh, speak with and that can help alleviate a lot of the difficulties that they have in school. But mm -hmm. understanding the family dynamics and getting to know the students um, on a personal level definitely helps. So that's number two. And number three, we provide a learning environment that's flexible. So we're not tied to that rigid learning environment, whereas you have to sit in your seat and you, you have to listen to the lecture. But no, we have innovative, um, interactive classroom activities that helps the students to get in, engaged and also take part in student leadership. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's powerful. That's good. So has it always been, have you, why, why did you choose to stay in elementary education? Well, I actually um, chose to stay because I think the need is there. I feel as though, and, and all of my colleagues and I speak about it, that we feel as though if we can um, touch their lives in such an early stage that can help with their development before they even get to middle school, before they get to high school. But if we can channel and, and try to train these students um, mentally, socially, and definitely in their education, um, we think we can achieve better results. Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. So when you got started, it's been 17 years that you got started in education. Um, that started from your son. So what have you learned from the time that you began as, as an educator until now that you're surprised that you've learned through your journey? Uh, one thing is that I'm completely shocked. And we talked about this in our MSA classes and all your education classes, but the significance of parent involvement, that is so tremendous. Like they, like I said, we spoke about it, but we really didn't understand the impact that our parents and partnering with community members, how it can render a huge impact into student learning. So um, in terms of my son, partnering up with um, not just the Autism Society of Fayetteville, but different groups and, and church members and, and other parents that have like minds, that definitely helped me in my challenge in, in our, um, I guess, growth and process to get, now Desmond is, he was diagnosed at, right before three and now he's 21. So it took, like, and it's such a cliche, um, it takes a village to raise a child. And then when you think of a child with special needs that's inability, you know, have an inability to communicate on his age-appropriate level, it took everyone in my circle and to grow my circle in order to get us to where we are today. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So where is your reward at now? You've, you've raised your son. You've raised him to leadership ranks in education. Where, where do you find success? So where is your satisfaction and reward for being an educator and being able to serve so many students and teachers? Okay. So my, my reward is actually um, parents like myself, like myself, like, um, 
like-minded people who are advocates for children and adults with disabilities, the satisfaction comes in when they see you out and about, when they call you, when they email you, they contact you and by whatever means to let you know, you know what, Dr. Tillman, Quisha, you made a difference in my life. I can see this going on. I see what you're doing with your family. I appreciate everything. Those, just those words of appreciation is really success for me. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, that, that, that means a lot. A lot of times, you know, I feel like the work that you can do can go undone because there's so many moving parts as as a leader. Um, right. Sometimes just getting that and knowing that someone someone is recognizing that and getting that appreciation is good. I like right. it. I like it. What are some of the um, what are some of the obstacles that you guys are facing right now as a school? And you know, as we're closing out the year, what kind of strategies do you look to implement to help you guys guys get over those humps? Okay, well, you know, it's that time of the year where it's testing. So everyone's looking towards those EOGs, EOCs. So now it's difficult to, it's a time where you have to process to see what worked and what didn't work throughout the school year. What can you have improved upon? What you need to tweak to make it better for next year? And you know, uh, we're more than just test scores. Let me just say that we are definitely more than test scores. But now here in North Carolina, they do matter. So it's just this time of the year is kind of difficult because everybody's on edge. Um, We're trying to uh, make sure that we did. We just only pray and hope that we did the best we could throughout the year so that we our scores can demonstrate that hard work that our teachers and the students and the parents put in throughout the entire school year. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Uh, it sounds like you guys have a lot of great things going on over there um, in, in just ways that you're able to, um, I feel like you, you're seeing things well and, and able to to overcome those problems as well. What are, right. um, you know, when you talk about how we're more than test scores. So when you're thinking about improving those test scores and you're thinking about improving the whole student um what kind of perspective are you guys taking on how to provide students with uh, social emotional learning and, and different kind of behavior best practices in the classroom? Well, first of all, I think it's important to have that buy-in to, to um, have students and parents to understand, look, even though we know it's more than just a test score, they are important. Um, to get them to come in and see what the actual curriculum looks like and what the students had to work on so diligently all year long to get to this point. So some of the activities that we do is definitely invite the parents in to um, undergo parent EOG strategies to help their students at home, um, have the kids do, um, we're doing a a boot camp. Uh, We have the best instructional coaches at our school. And so we're doing a boot camp for them to kind of help review and spiral back and kind of understand some of those um, strategies from the content that we were focusing on, the standards that we've been focusing on all year. try to help our students gain uh, from a social emotional perspective um, not to be so 
anxious and to um, deal with anxiety and test taking strategies and just be practical because we all, even in our professional lives, we have to take, you know, certain assessments. And so we try to build upon a practical aspect of it and, you know, just render whatever emotional help that we can um, and build, you know, it's continuous in building those relationships and, and helping the students understand both aspects of the test taking, test taking and the important significance of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are, those are value. And you said you've started to see some of the changes in those trends with the way that your data scores have kind of been moving and that they kind of have been dipping for a minute, but they're back up on the rise. Is that where you kind of, um, where that rise is coming from? Is your focus on the SEL and the buy-in from the student and parent? I think so. I really do think so. Um, like I said, the beginning of the year pretty much tests what the student came in with, the knowledge that they came in with, and that mid-year kind of gives us an um, a outlook on what they're doing since they started the school year. And here we are, you know, trending back up towards the ending of the school year. Mm-hmm. And so we want to now... Um, you know, just ensure that we're looking at the data, we're, we're asking questions, we're getting student, it's important to get student feedback as well, um, and teacher feedback as to what we can do in the classrooms, what we can do as instructional coaches and um, leadership, the administration, what can we do to support and help foster uh, better outcomes? And it does start with the classroom. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How, how do you guys provide support to your teachers? Um, you, you, and I, you guys have a, a great focus on parents. I think that's a missing piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. What do you also do for teachers to help make sure that they get the support they need to support students also? Okay, we have so many, so many um, initiatives that we have at our school. And one is um, we have what's called a lead success program. And that's where we have our beginning teachers, teachers that are new to our school, maybe not new to the profession, but new to our school to come in and we meet monthly. We kind of go over uh, best practices and talk about, you know, things that they need Um I guess, and help with or support with. Uh, We try to make it informal and more of a family atmosphere. Other things that we do to help teachers, we um, definitely have what's called PLCs, uh, professional learning communities in which we meet with teachers, the instructional coaches and administrators. We all get in with the teachers per grade level, meet with them, discuss student data, discuss um, trends. We discuss the curriculum, of course, and we just try to plan and do the best we can to um, help render um, more innovative lesson planning. We also have a grade level planning that where the teachers meet weekly as well. And we have what's called family um, meetings. And we call it family meetings instead of staff meetings because we want to foster that family atmosphere so that everyone can feel comfortable, you know, um, expressing their thoughts, their ideas, um, free to come in and and just collaborate, you know, informally so much as the formal meeting. You know, in the formal meetings, you get real stiff and nobody wants to talk and, you know, they feel like they're going through a pile of procedure. So, no, we want to have it as a family atmosphere to come in and be relaxed and just, you know, let down just a little bit so that we can all get comfortable and collaborating. 
Mm. Is those are those new things that you guys have been trying out, or is that something that's been taking place at school for a while? Oh, it's been taking place at school for a while. The only new about the newness of it is how we do it. You know, um, we have these uh, these ideas to kind of tweak the staff atmosphere and we start with celebrations. You know, we start on a good note. We start in celebrating and that kind of helps in providing those accolades to those who um, deserve them and those thank yous, recognizing different ones. And I think that helps to build the family atmosphere and the culture um, at our school even greater. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad. I like, I I need to come pay y'all a visit. You should. You're welcome to. (laughs) Anytime, Trey. Okay. Okay. Good. Well, before we sign off, what what kind of words um, or maybe a person, what what do you want to leave with any educators listening right now? Something they can take home with them, a message they can use or, or something they can use coming away from this episode with. Okay. One thing I would say is, um, Anyone can be an advocate. If you're in the educational uh, field itself, you are an advocate. You are an advocate for children first and foremost. Never forget that. Always put children first and you can never go wrong. Okay. Okay. I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's something easy to jump on board with. Well, great. What, what's the best way to, for people to get a hold of you or get in contact with you? Well, the best way is through email. I am Dr. Q Tillman, one at gmail.com. Um, also, I have um, LinkedIn. You mentioned LinkedIn. I am on Facebook as well. I'm on Twitter. My Twitter is um, at advocate underscore one. So anytime, feel free to reach out to me. All right. There it is. Thank you so much for joining me today. No problem. Thank you for having me, Trey. You're welcome. And thank you for listening to the Dash Podcast. Uh, This episode is sponsored again by the Gamers Consulting Group, and we help middle schools support student behavior. To learn more, visit TreyGamers.com slash shop. Subscribe and listen to the Dash Podcast now on iTunes and Spotify. This is the Dash.